Welcome everyone to the State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis and today we are going to be talking about last Sunday's game against Los Dos, which unfortunately did not go our way despite us, in my opinion, having a better match. Let's go ahead and uh, get our co-host introduced. So first, uh, let me go introduce because he hasn't been on here uh, in a while. Welcome, Crash. Welcome back. How's it going, man? It's going good. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, good to be back and uh, with uh, Luis and Sharon this evening. So, um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about um, the VIP game experience that there was. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and uh, and some of the other things we have to talk about tonight. So, thank you. Yeah, no, no problem. And of course, Crash was also in the VIP experience and all that too. So perfect timing that we get to have him on back here. Uh, and of course, uh, let's introduce the recently birthday girl who, thanks to her, we got to be VIP for once. <laughs> Sharon, how's it going, Sharon? Is it a better day hey. today? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Monday. I uh, was able to sleep in a little bit, a little bit more relaxed. It's a good day. I had a nice bike ride day after that big celebration and then the fan fest and um yeah so thanks everybody for you know who who accepted our invitation to join the the little vip experience and i have to really give a super shout out to my sister donna it was a little bit her idea um you know to kind of expand that because it was just gonna it was just gonna be her and i and it's like oh no 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 i really want to have friends and i have some credits built up so why don't we have some friends in there in the vip with us and then and then uh like uh, my sister and jane took it to the nth degree and there was party favors and decorations and you know all kinds of other goofy things the vip experience was great and you know what made it even better besides all you being there and and that sort of thing and you know the free drinks and food or whatever was connor coming by and checking in with us periodically i thought that was so incredible and even todd Donovan swung by the table and you know said hello again so so that was that was really sweet but i really do appreciate you know connor coming in and and kind of sharing a couple things with us it was just it was really really sweet and then i even got a little gift bag from him and man, it was so sweet i just Super. And how did you guys be up there in the VIP? I mean, literally, we got there right as they opened. So I have tables right by the net, you know, right right there by the net. So you can see everything happening. How'd you guys like it? It was amazing. Like I said, it was the first time that myself, you know, I, that I was at the VIP section and the, the tables that we got, perfect view. I mean, it doesn't get any better. It, it, that seat is, I think, literally the best seat in the house. Right, because <laughs> yeah. you're so close to the action, right? I don't even think if we look at the other side, they get any closer, right? But here, you're literally breathing behind the goalkeeper, <laughs> right? So, especially yeah. the LA Galaxy goalkeeper, he had some moments. It wasn't as bad as the San Antonio goalkeeper, but he did have some moments where he was passing the six second mark of you know you're supposed to <laughs> play the ball, and so it was actually pretty nice to be able to actually be shouting behind right and actually say hey we're counting the seconds you're going past six seconds and we're you know we're taking control of this although i gotta say the referee did seem like you know he was controlling that aspect of it at least so we saw a better referee i was glad because you know we (laughs) we could have been louder but 
yeah i mean other than that so, everything else was great the what was the what was the nickname we gave justin von steeg there what, my friend gave him a nickname who what nickname did he get it was von steeg von, i think was it well his last name is von steeg and so i think it was oh gosh what did he give him von stoop like von 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 stupid or <laughs> oh man we're so bad i mean it, i was thinking you know why don't we do von stink but no he went von stupid <laughs> uh he also gave crash <laughs> the minute he met crash my friend uh slavic <laughs> oh so crash and crash and salvage that's crash what it was and salvage yeah <laughs> crash and salvage <laughs> so you gotta have friends around you that can are that quick and i mean For so sure. that was our vip experience <laughs> yeah well of course your sister uh is pretty lively i i, I just love her she's uh got a lot of uh she's loud so you, you know <laughs> she's the megaphone right there so, oh my god which is great <laughs> yeah so i did tell um i know we're gonna get to the a little bit of the after party or the after thing where we met the players but i told duke I, uh, at one point as i passed him i said my sister had a cheer for you he did not forget that i said that so when i actually got around to do the autograph thing you know what he says? He goes, what's your sister's cheer? And I went, oh, no, I have to say it. Luis, did you hear me tell him? Yeah. Was, and then I said it was the Duke of Earl, but it was like a weird twist on it. And, and I think he, he had him. He just looked at me like he didn't. Have, it was like a blank expression. It, it wasn't like I liked it or I didn't like it. It was like, oh, OK, I may have heard Duke of Earl before or the song. You know, it's like, but it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one. Crash, you were there in Livermore, right? You remember in Livermore, sister? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You remember my sister being a megaphone at that match too. Uh, how probably. could I forget? Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I love her. We almost always—it's either the cat comes in or we talk about my sister. So, <laughs> Luis, thank you so much for letting us do that. Oh no, no, yeah, your your sister is amazing. I mean, I <laughs> I wish every time I went to a Sacramento Republic game. She could be sitting right there, right? Because she mm-hmm. is like taking note of every little aspect that happens in the game. She's shouting at, at the players, uh, at the contrary players, so they're wasting time at the referee. I mean, I, I want everyone in the stadium to be like your sister. Yes, if, we, if we would all be like that, right? And Because I, I am like your sister as well, as you noticed yesterday. Oh, my um, God. Luis, <laughs> yeah. That was like the first time I've ever heard you unload. I yeah. mean, you didn't do it at Livermore. Crash, did you hear him? No. This yeah. was like the first time Luis really unloaded. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting to that point in the season where I, you know, I do the math. I know the circumstances that we are, that I'm like, I'm getting a little more irritated at things, right, than I was at the beginning. And so that's why I was a little extra louder because I, like, I even said it, right? I was like, this game was really important. You couldn't let LA Galaxy 2 get, like, tie you in points, not just that, but give them another game in hand so they can actually go beyond you. And so that's why I was like, you guys need to realize all that's going on in this game. It's not just three points. You guys are letting go more than just three points. But we're going to talk about the game goals here in two seconds, but the team really f***ed up. Okay. They definitely did f*** up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue. They f***ed 
up really bad. Let's let's talk about those game goals that got scored against us. I was wish wish we talking about the ones we scored, but that didn't happen. Yeah, I was gonna say, what goals did we score? <laughs> <laughs> the exactly. ones that we should have scored, the ones that right. Bon Stoop did actually <laughs> managed to still save and. I mean, I got to say, even though, right, he, he was the, their goalkeeper, he did a really good job. And I mean, geez, some of those saves, I, I couldn't believe my eyes, right? Because they happened right where we were at. And we saw exactly. it, right? We saw the ball, like, touch the line. Like, it was so, it was that close, right? We saw that. I know that maybe everyone watching Twice. on TV, you didn't Twice. see that. It was, but it was we, like on the line. <laughs> it was going to yeah. be in. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was, it was pretty... Uh, it's just incredible just what was going on and then there's the part where he hits the post right and we were like this guy's probably gonna get subbed out right concussion protocol none of that happened which i was quite surprised but we were hopeful yeah <laughs> so let, let's go ahead and uh take a look at that uh but i think one thing i have to have to say before we look at the goals because the Post goals, right? Just tell you a different story, but everything that happened before the ga- the goals came, I was actually satisfied with the team, right? Because we had a lot of opportunities. And uh, as we look at, at the stats, we had 18 shots versus eight shots of LA Galaxy 2, uh, but only four of 18 shots were on target, which is just unacceptable. While LA Galaxy 2 had three shots on target out of the eight, and two of those were goals, right? So Highly effective with those shots on target. And that's the name of the game. Sometimes it's not how many you have, it's how many you actually do score. And sometimes you might be the team that isn't playing all that well on the pitch, but you get one goal and that's that's all you need to win the game. So uh, unfortunate for us, but let's take a look at this set piece too. So it was the 67th minute and as a little unfortunate fun fact but i I gotta say this uh i was actually talking to your sister before they actually executed the free kick and one of the things i was saying was we need to watch out for these free kicks because sometimes teams just have one opportunity like a free kick they score their goal and that's that doesn't matter what you did in the match and then it happens yeah (laughs) And I, I heard you like, say that. Oh. I heard you say that to her. And then after they scored, you said, I was just saying that. And it's like, we have had goals scored against us on set pieces more than once. This is this is our weak point is defending set pieces because Definitely. of the swivel head. Yep. Yeah. So it, it happened. And, uh, you know, I, I think looking at the replay, we'll have to look at a closer one too. But I think it was Rafa's mistake. Officer Rafi, I should say, for, for Jared. You got to keep pondering that. Um, it was his mistake in that play. And, and if you guys take a look at the replay a little bit closer, uh, the ball actually didn't seem like it had too much, right? Because he should have had it, right? He, oh, I hate to say this, Sharon, but I think Banana Hands is passed on to Rafi, at least for this play. I don't know what you guys think. Was he sighted? Did somebody get in his visual way? Uh, I mean, I, I don't really see that. It, it, it just, it seems like it's just like any other player, right? I, I don't, I don't see what, I think he notice, just didn't time it right. So notice his players, uh, Los Angeles, LA Galaxy 2, Los Dos crashed the box. Where are we? The only person who crashed the box for us in defense was Luis Felipe, but he didn't get around behind 
Rafa. But you're right. I think Rafa whiffed it. And there was a lot of pressure because, like I said, their players crashed the box. Yeah, it, it slipped. It like he grabbed it and it like slipped and you know out of his hands the ball. So, doggone it! And if Luis Felipe had a, had sprinted and kept his run going, he could have saved it because we've had some guys do some pretty amazing saves. I remember Jordan earlier this year. Jordan had an amazing save, you know, keeping a ball from going in because he's so smart as a defender. He was, he was marking the post mm-hmm. and kept a ball from going in. But in this case, we had nobody, nobody back helping um, our key, our keeper while LA galaxy crashed the box. So. And, you know, I think none of our players really did much because they, mm-hmm. it, it didn't even seem like there was much to the play. Right. It, it seemed like, no. Oh, Rafa's got it. And right. so, yeah. And see, we we didn't get to see this play up close, right? We were on the other side all this time. I, I didn't think that Rafa had anything to do with it, but I I think it's all him. It's just, yep. It, it's it's unfortunate. It's it's just really one of those things where, you know, you you might be good, but sometimes these things happen, and especially when you're under so much pressure, right. So one of the things after this goal got scored, and I know Crash saw it too, was, you know, sometimes, okay, so go get scored. You seriously have to just pick your head up, you know, not hug your guys, but just kind of pump them up and shout at your guys and just go, okay, let's get going, you know, to have the captain come through and, you know, try to rally the troops Mm -hmm. and heads up, chins up. The minute that goal got scored, what did their, what was their body language, Crash? Do you remember? Um, it wasn't a lot of positivity. <laughs> it was defeat. They felt, yeah. you saw the defeat. You, yeah. you saw them just go, not again, that feeling of not again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they've got to stop wearing that, you know, that attitude after goals get scored. So let's move on yeah. to the, to the second one, um, and see, see what happens after this one. Cause this one doesn't even deserve any more talk. Yeah. So actually t- taking a look at, at the replay, right. Uh, that play that I was talking about earlier with their uh, Von Stieg actually um, hitting, the pole. H- hitting the pole happened right after their goal, right? So we had a corner kick. This was the 70th minute. And, uh, you know, the this one should have been a goal, right? It's like, oh, geez, like, like Jerome could have scored it there, right? But goalkeeper mm-hmm. snatches it right on time, but then he crashes onto the post. And, and we all heard it, right? I mean, we were right there. we heard the noise right of like his head just banging on the post and uh, i don't even know how he stood up from that one right i mean the post we we know how he had a goose egg how it is he had a giant goose egg on the side of his head when they're after the trainer came and it's like um the dude's got a lump on the side of his head that's not serious enough but yeah i think (laughs) i've heard like cartoon noises or something you know (laughs) (laughs) You know, after that, I mean, we still saw him do some impressive saves. And I was like, this guy, I mean, he hit his head so hard, but he's still, he's more in tune in the match than we are, right? Without yeah. our players, well, aside from uh, Malik Foster, right? Who uh, at the Meet the Team event, he was telling me he was actually seeing stars <laughs> when he, you know, when he was also down on that same side. Their goalkeeper was just on point with other plays and... It's it's just unfortunate how, how many opportunities we've had. And actually, as we look at the replay, it was the 85th minute where we had just open goal, open goal opportunity. If Malik doesn't actually get it, 
Cameron would have scored. Cameron was right behind him. I remember seeing it right there. I was like, Malik, why did you get across the ball? You should just let Cameron. But of course, right? No one really knows. Everyone's trying to score And nobody communicated. You know, Cam could have just said, leave it, you know, because that's the most popular thing you say to your teammate. If you've got a better thing, you say, leave it. And that is, you know, that's the number one thing that you say. (sighs) Leave it. I got it. And he, yeah, he's not happy. He got a neck stinger on that one. So we go all the way to the 90th minute where they they just got us uh, and a lot of our players were up front during this play. But, uh, you know, in this one we're looking at, we actually had a 4v4, right? So it was equal. But when you're in that situation where it's equal amount of players, right, against other equal amount of players, then anything can happen, right? Because you got... Uh, even amount there but I think it was one of those goals that you almost expect at times right when your team is all the way up front right you know that they're just waiting to do that right they're waiting for the counter attack and worked out for them they executed it brilliantly and I mean yeah, our because players we, had, were lost. we had thrown you're right we had thrown everybody up to the attack but that brings up a point that we're going to talk about And that is how lazy some of our players are in transition. So our players are horrible at closing down the gaps when they've given up, which, you know, happened in a big chunk of the game. They don't, they don't come back to defend. So had the strikers all run back, Patrick, I'm sorry. Did I say Patrick? (laughs) Had they all made recovery runs, it would have put pressure on our midfielders to make recovery runs. So there was not going to be a numerical superiority with LA coming at us with five V two. Initially it was five of them versus two on the counterattack for the second goal that they scored. And then we had a couple guys kind of try to make a recovery run, but it was so slow and happening. And the reason why it was so slow is nobody was running. Nobody on the field was running. Nobody cared at that point. Dan Casey cared. Uh, uh, Nabi cared. And I don't know who else cared, you know, because we there were some people that were off the field at that point. Luis Felipe would have busted his butt to get back there. But, you know, he wasn't on the field at that point. He'd been subbed out. So that's one of the things that we're going to talk about after this is over. There was nothing that could have been done on this goal. This was perfectly executed. They had numbers up. There was there was nothing anybody in our defense could have done to mark the extra player. There was an overlap. We they you know they overlapped us. It was a it was a like a five v two because there was another player coming in. So yep. Well, it felt like a five v two. Nothing could be done. Yeah, I see what you did there with uh, Patrick, right? Or or we just. We're just eager to just talk about <laughs> uh, uh, where and and all that, which we'll, we'll get to that definitely, right? Because I know there's a lot, a lot that we'll talk about him in this match. But I, I do have to say, uh, it was really great that for this match, coach decided to uh, you know listen to me from the last podcast and start with Formella and start with Belmar as well and leave Patrick in the bench. So. I was happy at the beginning, seeing that. That, that, that was, that was a, <laughs> a really great, great thing to see there. And I think, you know, just in general, Darik had splashes of good moments throughout the game, in my opinion. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to an assist or a goal. But uh, I think that I think that he played well uh, in, in the time that he, he was there. Uh, again, and just luck wasn't his way. 
when it came to that. And you so, know, yeah. we're going to disagree because I think he plays in spurts. I don't think he's consistent. And that's why I don't like him as a starter is because he plays in spurts. Derek plays when he wants to play. He's not yet motivated, but we'll get to, you know, the, the thing about, okay, I'm only going to play to the USL level and I'm not going to play any higher. I'm only going to play to the MLS level. I don't have any dreams and goals or I'm dreaming of Europe. So I'm going to play at the top of my game, you know, and then that creates a team thing, but we'll talk about that in two seconds because we're done almost done whining about losing a match. Uh, yeah. Let's not get too good at whining about losing matches. I, I think we already have, but. <laughs> oh God, crash. You know, <laughs> so meet the team event tra- transitioning out of that, because that's like the next thing. Um, meet, meet the team. The best photos for the meet the team recap were Mike <laughs> and Chris McManage. I mean, they had a, they posted every single photo with their son, Rye, right? And it's, they're, it, they were gorgeous. So if you ever wanted to see the best of the, um, the best recap of Meet the Team, that's, go to Chris. Go to Chris's uh, Facebook wall, and she has the best photos of Meet the Team that made us, you know, it's like it, it created that warm and fuzzy feeling that you need to get when you're, getting around the players, you know, and you're getting to actually hear their voices and see them in the, it's look them in the eye versus just watching them run by the field on the field. So I'll, I'll kind of ba- backtrack a little bit, right. to before we saw the players and, and all the festivities that happened uh, post game, because we, we all met over at the marketplace and uh, some of us went down to the team store and I, I got to say, it's great that they had the, their closeout sale. I managed to snag some, practice jerseys, some shorts for just $5 each. So great, wow. great deal that they had there. And they had some old jerseys as well and jackets, sweaters, and just all that stuff. So really great that the team decided to do that because there's a lot of things that they're just trying to get rid of. And I'll take anything for super cheap because those things cost a lot at retail price. So <laughs> that, that I wish I would have known about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, th- I feel like they should have actually promoted it more because I wasn't yeah. even aware of it. I-, I I was really just going to the team store to buy a, a soccer ball just so players could sign it and-, and whatnot. And I wasn't thinking like, oh, yeah, I'll buy more, right? But then I went over there and they had a sign with all the merchandise that I'm assuming they would normally have at the team store as just closeout uh, items and started looking around and then came across their bins that were the $5 bins. And I was like, Oh yeah, all these things look like new Uh, for all I know, they might be used, but at five bucks for all these different jerseys and uh, shorts and all that. I mean, that's, that's a bargain because they, you know, they weren't really too, too used and uh, you know, it's, it's all Nike merchandise. So you can't top Nike merchandise at $5. (laughs) Uh, so that, that was good they also had two dollar tacos which you know i didn't actually get to enjoy myself but they had that they had the dj going on uh connor was out there talking to hayden um and talking to todd as well uh on there too so all that was really great they had a big banner right for i, I i'm not too sure where they were gonna display it i don't know sure if you found out more about it but we were actually writing motivational. Wing. Right. It's going to the wing for um, at UC Davis 
for breast cancer, you know, the, that whole thing for breast cancer. So that, that, that uh, board essentially is going to be going to UC Davis and there's still an opportunity to sign it and write something motivational on there. So Jane and I stopped and signed that because we're both breast cancer survivors and bosom buddies. We like to call ourselves. So, and we each had cancer on the opposite side. So it's kind mm. of like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. So if, if they're going to have it at future games, uh, everyone go, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, everyone go sign it because when I signed it and after I saw you and Jane sign it, I, I noticed that, you know, not a lot of people had actually signed it. So go go fill that banner up too. I mean, it's it's a really amazing thing that they're doing there. And uh, it's not just any banner, right? But it looked like it was like a heavy, sturdy, like material, which is really great. So go check it out then if they're going to have it in next Saturday's game and, and sign it as well. So yeah, that was great. They they gave us instructions of the, there's three different stations where they had all the players divided. And, and so you could uh, line up in different uh, sections there. Although uh, Sharon knows as well, right? The line situation was a bit weird because I think they should have had people lined up to actually Directly to the get, player. They, yeah. they had like direct lines to each player versus having to wait in line behind everybody who's going along for the, you know, the group of five or six players, you literally had to wait for somebody in front of you to clear so that you could <laughs> yeah. get to that player. And then they moved to the next player. And it was so stupid. It's like, it was like going to a buffet where you had to be really patient and wait for the person to get their salad. And it's like, they're like having trouble with croutons. And so you had to be like seriously patient. But what Luis and I did was we screw that. We're just going to go, Hey, there are three players that don't have anybody on them. We just skirted around and got, you know, got to the players that we wanted to get to. And so you skipped the croutons. We skipped the croutons. <laughs> we went past the croutons and the dressing and went straight for the meat. Mm, oh, yeah. oh, good. That <laughs> that's okay. Good. I, I don't, I don't like dressing on my salad. So that's, it worked out. <laughs> there you go. Great. So yeah, yeah but we did that and that was fun and, and being able to see everybody and see Jaime and Rafi and, you know, the look on their eyes was like, eh, we're so sorry kind of thing, but they were good sports and they hung in there and signed autographs and took pictures with the hordes of people that, you know, stuck around and got in. Um, you know, we saw Cam and it was so sweet to see good old Cam Owasa. Yeah. You know, he's always so appreciative of all of us, all the fans. Mm -hmm. He really is. Although the, the only two guys that we didn't see were one Tucker Bone and also Sharon, we uh, forgot to mention this yesterday, Fatai as well. So oh, we, we didn't see both of them yesterday there. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. yeah. Where is he? That's weird. Is he, was he on the injured? Was he not available for selection? Fatai? I, I, I yeah. would assume he would be there because uh, I don't see. Yeah, what, because what I, I don't see. think he would. Yeah, that was... Thank you for bringing that up because I, I forgot all about Fatai Lache. Um, um, I, I missed some people because only because um, I think I was first in line. Um, yeah, you got there so like you. Why didn't you bring us with you? Well, I was leaving and I didn't know it was I, I didn't realize it was the event that day. And oh. uh, Alex Burt was like, are you staying a long crash for the meet the team players event and i said oh, oh yeah i guess so yeah and i just turned right back around and walked back in and stuff so. oh cool yeah. good, good good is fatai even in the lineup right now yeah he's still he's still in the lineup so i mean that's 
it's got to be something else. I'm not sure why. Huh? Wait, it wasn't there. Okay. I mean, for Tucker, my my assumption was because he's maybe in crutches, crutches. still. But yeah, yeah we, we don't really know what, what happened there. <laughs> okay, well, maybe that can be part of uh, Connor. Connor Sutton can help us out. Connor, where was Fatai yesterday? <laughs> Who knows? You know, I mean, he could have been on um, COVID protocol too. You never know, you know, and that they never say a word to anybody about that. I just don't remember him getting injured anyhow, but it was good. You know, the meet the team event that, you know, it was good to see all the players. I think we skipped, we've, we didn't get a chance because of the family and the hordes of people to get close to um, um, Rafa or Jaregui. Yeah. We didn't get him. We managed to, to get, Patrick, but we kind of, I don't know. I did not get Patrick's. Did I get Patrick's autograph? I, I hope. Oh no, I did. And I said, yeah. welcome aboard. That's right. I said, yeah, yeah welcome I aboard. I also from that. Minnesota. Yeah. 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 I'm, right. I'm a witness. I, I I heard Sharon actually say welcome aboard, which I was like, great Sharon. That's, <laughs> that, let's keep going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Move along. So Move I, I got to say the, the only bad thing about the meet the team event. Uh, and this was maybe out of the team's hands because they ordered it. I'm sure uh probably three months ago <laughs> was that mitch was on that poster that they handed <laughs> out to get I signed that, yeah. so i i would have just xed out that order and been like hey can we just get another order we don't want this yeah. guy <laughs> right or at least put a sticker over mitch you have everything <laughs> hey when they have to the poster give you a sticker and say please put this over mitch <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> sorry mitch oh, and missy you know if you guys are listening you know it's just Whatever, what happened a couple games ago, what Mitch did to basically show the fans that he didn't care for us was was really hard. I think it 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 hurt for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So moving on, he did it. It's over. You know, we've moved on. And, you know, in, in talking to one of the players, right, like Emil Cuello, who was involved in that, like, loan trade, if you want to call it like that, like, even him not being with us for too long, he actually also realized that there was some tension there with him in that last game. And I, I even told him, I mean, I, I wish that we, we could see you more next season. And hopefully this loan becomes into an official trade. <laughs> so you can X out the loan. Cause I mean, let's be honest. I think both players would be happier where they're at now. If they could just be, if they could just do like a permanent trade because we know Mitch does not want to come back. And Emil seems to be happy playing with us because he's getting more playing time than he did with San Antonio. And I don't know if you noticed, Sharon, like he he seemed more motivated after we spoke to him. And I know you pointed well, no, out. No, you heard what he said. Yeah. You heard what he said when I said play for the crest. And he goes, thank you. Talking to you guys makes me feel like I can really play for something here. So, yeah, you know, so that, that's yeah. why I was like, well, we want to see you more than we want to see you next season too. Right. Because he, I think he yeah, does have that energy. He just, he's I, just new. Right. And so, and I, and I, I told him, I said, I think we got the better end of the trade. I said, we got the better end of the deal. We got somebody who can actually score goals, you know, <laughs> or, you know, hopefully score more goals. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But overall, I mean, aside from that poster thing, everything was, was really great, really well done. And I just hope that, they do more of those for future seasons because but we know that, that this should have happened a couple of months ago, as we already mentioned it before. But uh, at least we got something because I, I was really worried 
that we wouldn't get anything because we are almost close to the end of the season and we were still waiting patiently to <laughs> to see an event of sorts because we have not gotten any event. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sharon, but I don't think we've gotten any season ticket member event until yesterday's event, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Well, I know COVID put a damper on it through June 15th. Crash, what do you remember? Yeah, I think that's correct. Um, I don't remember any other season ticket events uh, prior to uh, yesterday. Right. I, you know, we will soon forget, and that's what they're hoping, that we kind of forget and that we move on to next season if we have a next season kind of a thing, which I hope we do. Oh. Um, but okay. you know, it's, this is a, t- this is a tough year. You know, they, they've not made as much money, you know, two years running. They didn't make any money really in 2020 because there was no fans and they make a lot of their, their money on that and sponsorships and mm-hmm. all that other good corporate stuff. And then, you know, the news of MLS leaving. So this is, this is a total tighten your belts year and next year will probably be even tighter. And, you know, if we want to see a pro sports team like this stay on, we've got to support them. So we'll see what happens. Anyhow. So let's move on to uh, the next segment that we wanted to talk about Sharon. And this is on why some of the players just don't seem that motivated, right? Like you said, we noticed it on the pitch. Some players aren't running at all. And I'm just going to go ahead and just say it, Patrick, uh, uh, I wasn't a fan of him in those two games starting this game. Coach subbed him in right at halftime, which I, I did not want to see him be subbed in right at halftime, but coach decided that. And I know Sharon, you and everyone else, at least it seemed like at the VIP section, was really frustrated at the fact that he was not running back. I mean, heck, we saw Cameron run back. We saw Darek run back constantly. And Sometimes. So what are your thoughts on on that? <laughs> sometimes Derek lays down on the grass a little too long you know it's kind of like okay the whistle didn't get blown get up and get back in the game unless you're totally injured you know and we'll send a stretcher out for you so you know there's a there's a little bit of that going on and and we need to have the guys back on the pitch that will play for the team you know there's only so much a coach can do to you know instill the proper I don't know, technical and um, strategy and drills and, you know, the mechanics of everything. There's only so much that can happen in training. And then when game comes, they have to learn to play for each other and they have to learn to play as a unit. And we're not seeing that. We did not see that yesterday, which I think bit us in the butt. You know, we didn't have the coverage in the back line. We didn't, we had a lot of attempts on goal, but did we have the the first run, the second run? Did, were our runs properly timed? Did we have the right support? Did, you know, did we have people talking? You know, where was all of that? You know, were we on swivel head? Were they, did it mean anything to them to play yesterday? You know, they all understood that they needed to win in order to get into fourth place and have a chance at playoffs. But did they translate that into their mechanics on the field or were they just resigned? Like once the first goal got scored against them, were they just resigned? Cause they looked resigned at that point. Even Patrick who had just gotten in the, in the, he didn't even run. It's like, dude, you, you're, you've got legs. Use them. You're getting paid. That's your thing. So anyhow, I digress. Crash. What'd you see? 
Um, not a whole lot of winning. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, just, you know, I, I, I think I've said this before, you know, there's a lot of individual talent on the team, but that individual talent is not linking up and, and working as a team all the time and communicating. And, you know, we, we, we were watching some of the replay of the, of the, you know, the match just a little bit ago and seeing how they were making that play and, and you know, right towards the goal and we don't see that happen. You know, it just seems like it's uh, sometimes it seems like it's just by happenstance or accident that a, a goal is scored, you know, and, and I know I'm saying that sitting from my chair and as a as a fan and somebody watching it, not on the pitch and stuff. But, you know, um, you do see it in other uh, other teams and other, um, you know, matches that there's more there's more communication and there's more um, teamwork involved. And sometimes we're just not seeing that. And, you know, I go back to blame the fact that we got late loans and that I really hope that when they reflect on the season, the team really understands that you probably should shy away from that. And if you do a late loan, let it be half of the season, right, uh, at the latest. But don't be getting players two months uh, or even one month before regular season is supposed to end because... That's why we start to see these things, right? So an example of that is like Jerome and Cuello, they were having like a little miscommunication thing where Jerome was asking for the ball, Cuello wasn't passing it and uh, all that was going on. And it's not that the players can't do that. It's just that they haven't played for so long, right? Versus all the other teams, they have more regular players who have more of that connection. They understand each other. And I think that's where one of the disconnects is because the coach hasn't been able to repeat lineups. And I, I could think uh, past Republic squads. And I remember seeing a lot of the same faces in the starting 11 constantly. Right. And I think to have a good solid foundation, you need to have a lot of players that are constantly starting. Right. That can you know understand each other well and then sub in one or two players. So that way you don't switch your pieces too much. You're just switching one or two guys, especially as injuries happen, but try to keep more of that consistency going on, right? So they all understand the play. You, you do all that. And we're just not seeing a lot of that this season because last season, I think we had more consistency and there were more things going on. And that's why I think my message to all the people who start to attack coach and they start to say like, oh, yeah, this and that and whatnot. Like, let's remember that he came to us last year and we had a really solid team last year. Right. We can't deny that that team was great. Uh, unfortunately, right. It was during COVID time. So we couldn't be out there to witness all those great matches they had. But they played for something. Right. We, we always saw that or they had a quick response to situations. And so we know that he's capable of that. It's just I really think this season we just haven't seen that because we've had injuries. Right. And also because we, we just haven't been able to have a consistent squad because of players being loaned to us at just random points throughout the season. And then the other thing that I know, um, one one of the things breaking down the player psychology a little bit is, you know, it trying. It would be nice to to know that they have somebody in their camp 
that can coach the guys to reach for more or dream for more and play for more. Cause it almost feels like, you know, when <laughs> it's so, this is going to sound so stupid, but it's kind of like, you know, you meet somebody and they're kind of like, okay, they're not exactly what you wanted, but you settle and you're cool. Well, it sound, it feels like some of these guys are like, well, I played in college, so USL, okay, okay, that's cool. I'll just, you know, that's where I am, and that's good enough for me. And so it's not, it's almost like they're not aspirational to play at the top level. And I, and I got to give you this example. Chris Wondolowski, he's been in MLS for forever, but he leaves it on the field every time he steps on. And the man's almost, what, 40? I don't know. Maybe he is 40. Who knows how old he is? He's older. But he leaves it on the field every single time. You never hear anybody accuse Chris Wondolowski of slacking off. You know, even though he's made it to MLS, he respects MLS. He respects the sport and he puts 110% out there every time he steps on the field. So even if a guy were having USL as his aspiration and didn't really dream beyond USL, you still want him to play like Chris Wondolowski and leave everything out there on the pitch. You know, and and if USL is your highest level, then prove that you belong always as a starter, always, you know, as a fan favorite, you know, kind of a little bit like Cam. Cam will run. You know, he's a different type of player. I've always said he's a Panther. He knows it himself. He's a runner. He's a Panther. He can pounce on loose stuff. Um, you know, he's not going to be like a, a Derek Formella, Finesse kind of guy and, a you know, a Toka Toka sort of person. But but Cam is a Panther, but he will give you 110% when he's out there, he'll run. I don't see that even with Derek. So that's where you and I are going to differ, Luis, and some of our, he's not like um, Patrick, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Unsolved Mysteries here in a bit. But um, yeah, so I would want to know what these guys are asp- aspiring to. And then having somebody really push them and say, even if USL is your level, kill it kill it at USL, prove to us that you want to be a fan favorite and you're playing for the crest. And I will say that to everybody on the squad. You know, but some of my favorite players, they're aspiring to uh, careers outside of soccer, you know, uh, that been with the team previously, you know, some of the Stanford players and stuff like that. Correct. Um, you know, so, you know, it's like, what's, what's their day job, <laughs> you know, uh, what, you know, what it, you know, you can't play soccer forever. So you get older and you, you know, not as old as Wando. You said he was almost 40. I guess he's 38, uh, which close enough, but uh, you know, he's been playing for a long time compared to some of our players. And then um, that goes to another point of, it seems like a lot of the teams that we play against, you look at the age of the players compared to the age of our players <laughs> and our players seem old. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the other team and I'm like, these are little kids playing, you know? And we may see something different, Crash, now that you mentioned that. We may see, we may see more of our young guys taking yeah. over because they yeah. may have aspirations. You know, even even Emil Cuello, we mm-hmm. asked him, how do you see yourself in five years? And he goes, playing in Europe. And it's like, good. So you're going to kill it every time you get on the pitch. You're going to work your butt off mm-hmm. and you're going to work it up, work work hard for us so yeah that's a good point yeah you see that fire right there and that's what we need to see yeah and they really should have that right i mean i 
I can just picture them. Yes, I know you're in the USL level, but hey, you're in basically second division football, right? If we look at, at England, like I was saying, like those players still give it their all. They, they know that they're that much closer to Premier League. And so I don't see why players in the USL don't look at it the same way because they are playing Open Cup when hopefully that uh, comes back. I hope it does come back. <laughs> but, you know, they're playing that. They're going to play against MLS teams and th- they're playing against uh, MLS two sides, right? Which, you know, they're probably looking at their team. And in this case, right, LA Galaxy looking at their own team, but they could also be looking at the country team, right? I mean, heck, if you play good against their B team, what's to say that they're not going to look at you or another MLS squad or just someone out there is looking at you? Uh, all their matches are being broadcasted on ESPN Plus, right? So there's nationwide scouting basically going on because anyone could just uh, open ESPN Plus and go tune in to your match and you could see them play. So they're getting this much exposure and they're doing what they love, which is to play the sport. How could you not want to aspire to get to the next level? And not only get to the next level, just to say, I made it to MLS, I made it to Europe, but to say, hey, I'm going to even continue to grow my career a lot more than I am now. And I'm going to get paid more and I'm going to make sure that I don't need a day job for the time being. But of course, you know, I could still uh, go to school like some players do. So that way you're prepped for retirement. Like, I don't see why you can't have that motivation, right? Like, I always like to put myself into the player's shoes and say that in our own careers, we always strive to move up, right? Like you you just can't always be stable in whatever job title it is that you have now because you always want to move up the ladder, right? You you always want to move up, go to management, continue moving further. Heck, if you make it to the CEO, CFO level, then awesome, right? Everyone should aspire to that because who doesn't want to just grow their career and get paid more, right? Yeah, and if you don't want to move up, then they'll move you out, basically. Basically, too, also for So there's that, but... My ex-husband always used to say there's piano players and piano movers and you need both. So some people are going to end up being the piano movers and it's okay. And some people are going to end up being the piano players and that's okay too. But if you're going to be a piano mover, be the best gosh darn piano mover ever, (laughs) you know? So even if, even if a guy doesn't have like, additional aspirations or a person in, you know, whatever work that they're in, at least do what it is that they're doing, do it to the best of your ability. Even if, even if you don't want to move up any further, you know, some people are comfortable being at a level, but they're also can be very, very good at their current level. Let's talk a little bit about a different level of motivation. So this is a weird thing that happens sometimes with player dynamics, young, middle-aged, not so much older, but it's, it can interfere with a coach's ability to work with players. And I'll tell you what, when an agent or a parent gets in between a, a coach and a player, that's not good. You need to have the primary relationship on the squad is the guy with his or the player with their other players and their coach, their primary learner, the person they're learning from is their coach or coaches. And then, the players around them. So one of the things that I know that does happen, uh, 
periodically is the parent interferes with, and this can happen to somebody in their twenties. If, if they listen to their parents and then they block out what their coach is telling them because the parent is saying your coach is wrong. He didn't start you. Your coach is this. He put you in this position. That's not your position. And so the player goes in with a mindset of my coach is wrong and that can't happen. So I would say, you know, if anybody is a, a, a parent with their kid, cheer them on. That's what your job is. Cheer them on. Give them the money. Well, not give them the money, but, you know, open the doors for them. But you're not the coach because it's like we were talking about if do your parents come to work with you if you're not a, a pro athlete? Like I went to work in the oil field industry. My parents didn't come with me and tell me what was right or wrong when I was working in oil field. They didn't get involved at all. My boss was my boss and the experiences that I had when I was working were the experiences directly related to the company and to my boss. I didn't have a single parental involvement, except if I said, hey, how do you deal with a difficult person? You know, like my dad was a, a manager. And I and when I became a manager, I said, how do you fire somebody? Or how do you, you know, how do you tell somebody to improve their performance? He didn't know about the particular person. He would just sit there and say, oh, for improving performance? Blah, 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 blah. I listened to that. And it's like, okay, that might, one of those might work for me. But he never got in the way. He never got in between my boss and myself. He never got in the way. My mom never got in the way. And that would I, I would say to any parent, don't do not do not get in the head of your child or your player or your, you know, if the relationship, if you really want that your child to do your kid, your offspring to do well in, in pro sports or any sports, let the primary relationship be with the coach. Thank you. Uh, podcast soccer mom. <laughs> I laugh. <laughs> because what I have done in the past you know, right. when I wasn't working directly for the club, I gave the guys a safe place to come hang out. I didn't tell them, you yeah. know, unless they asked specifically is like, Hey, you know, what's a good place to go play bowling, you know? Oh yeah. Bowling over there. You know, that kind of stuff. I don't think I ever got in anybody's head. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids. So I know it can be very different when you do have kids because Parents really, really, really want their kids to succeed and they think they know a way and they, they're getting over analytical the way that we do on the podcast, but we have nothing to lose and we don't right. have anybody, you know? Yeah. So. And their, and their intention is right, but the approach is probably not. So, yeah, it, it's just like looking at it, you know, parents who want you to choose a particular career, right. And maybe you feel like, I don't want to do this, but they're, pressuring you, right? Like do this career, do that and, and all that. So I, I do agree with you guys. I mean, they, they should not have any involvement other than just cheer them on because this is the career that their child has chosen. They need to make sure that if this is the path that they want to choose right now as a career for the time being, that they can move on, right? That they could move on to the next level. That they could do all that. And if you have that, if you have agents also interfering, like you were saying, Sharon, all those things aren't good because we've even seen it at the top level where agents can ruin players' careers and all that situation. So, yeah, that that needs to be uh, minimized. And I I really hope that if that's a situation that goes on often, that parents just realize that, you know, they're, they're at that time, especially when players are younger, that they're going to listen to the parent more 
And especially if they're frustrated, if they're angry because coach is not giving them a lot of minutes or because just things aren't going their way. They just (laughs) need to make sure to just tell them, right? Like, hey, this is like that. Like, it's it's okay. It's normal. The players go through this. Some of the top players in the world have had tough times. And the thing is, is it's like when you're having an issue with another person, don't triangulate to a external party, go directly to the person and talk to them. So it's like, so what you do is you say, Hey, that should be a conversation you're having with coach. You know, it's like, you've got to break. A lot of players are afraid to talk to the coach or they're afraid to talk to the GM. It's like, no, just go talk to them. You know, Hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. I mean, that's what I used to do with my boss. It's like, um, you know, I'm not real clear on the expectations here. Can we go meet for coffee and chat a little bit more? And you may find something out really strange. Like maybe they were afraid to tell you that they wanted something different because they didn't know how, if you wanted to know or if you were approachable. So you get to you get a chance to chat. And that's one thing that I would tell anybody if you've got an issue with somebody, um, you know, unless it, it needs to involve the police, go talk to the person directly, you know. And it's like, it's not going to be, no one's going to take away your birthday. If you ask somebody a question, you know, if a player asks a coach a question, like, you know, what, what is it, what'll it take for me to be a starter? They're not going to like kill you for that. They're going to tell you. Right. So anyhow. Yeah. They need to have more Uh, of that one-on-one. I think young players might just be a little scared, intimidated and all that too. Right. But coach is a nice guy. Yeah, even older players are until they learn the swagger, until they can emulate a little bit of the captain's thing. Because a lot of guys that get appointed to be a, a captain usually don't have a fear factor of the coach, or you know they uh, or they they're not caught bad talking the coach behind the coach's back. And mm. typically, you know, you don't. That's not who your captain is, right? Your captain is somebody that can talk to the coach talk to the players and it's kind of like a, the favorite uncle in a way, you know, that person or the favorite aunt, so to speak, if it's a woman, but and Hey, there's something leadership so, skills there too. You say, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you for that. But there was something really fun that we uncovered yesterday. That was just absolutely a delight. It was so, in, it was like the bright spot. <laughs> it was, I mean, we have talked with her before when we were down in Livermore. We, uh, she's just such a delight. And a Sally, um, Coach Briggs' wife, she is so incredible, right? She played. <laughs> I did not know that she was a good soccer player, that she was a solid old soccer player, right? She played. Um, <laughs> she told us a story about playing for Ajax, Luis. Modesto still calls it Ajax. <laughs> Ajax. Ajax United. Yes. yes. Ajax United <laughs> instead of Ajax, right? Here in Mexico, it's Ajax, but they're calling it, they still call it Ajax. Um, so she she was she had her start there and then she actually went to play for the Pride. She played with Megan Rapino and uh, uh Stephanie Cox. Well, she's Cox now. Um Stephanie Lopez at the time. And she, she was such a delight to talk to. She was a defender. She's tiny, right? She's shorter than me, way, t- way shorter than me. And um, she, she, uh, she was a defender of all things. And she's a heck of a soccer player. She played for the pride. She was a gaucho. She played at UC Santa Barbara. So, and so she's, she is like a solid player. She understands soccer. Well, the cool thing is, is, um, because she knows soccer so well, 
she's like the perfect balancing act for coach, right? She has, she's a great support for him. But at the same time, when you're a soccer player, even if you played before, you don't, that doesn't leave your brain. You get to still feel soccer. You feel it always. And so she gets to get her soccer fix every time she comes to a match or every time she watches a match. And then she gets to relive it a little bit with, with coach. It's really good balance. And she was such a delight to talk to. She's so positive, right? Did you think Louise that she was, she felt really, and crash when we saw her at the Livermore match, she was really fun and very positive, very bouncy. Oh yeah. 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 No, I, I felt the same way. Like it, it's always really great when, you know, you get anyone uh, that is related to the coach talking to you as well. Right. And, and all that. She remembers little details. She remembered that I was from Modesto as well, which Yes, it's always really awesome. I still remember when we had our previous podcast, she actually reached out to us because I had mentioned, right, I always love to mention that I'm so proud of my hometown Modesto. And she reached out to us saying that she was also from Modesto. So I'll never forget that first message that, you know, she sent to us. And that's when I found out, oh, that's coach's wife right there. Like, she listens to our podcast as well, right? And so that that was Really, really great. I also found out that she actually went to my alma mater, Stanislaw State, which cool stuff. I, I wish she would have played for our soccer team there, but she did play for the Gauchos, as, as you mentioned. But yeah, it, it, it was really great to be able to uh, hear her stories. And, you know, I wasn't aware she had played with some of the women's soccer team uh, champions, right? World champions. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's really awesome when when you hear all those stories and how much she's involved in the world of soccer. I mean, she, she's perfect for coach. And I, I can only imagine that they have a lot of soccer conversations about different aspects of the game. And it's, it's just, it's great. So, yeah, that was a real bright spot of yesterday, you know, the meet the team event and then, and then getting a chance to talk a little bit longer with, with Sally. So that was a bright spot. Are we ready to move on and talk about, um, Uh, our favorite we wish jared was here jared nobody is stealing your thunder please know we will never whenever you're here this is your job but cue the music yeah jared we'll, we'll definitely have you uh do the usl unsolved mystery for the next time you're on but since you are not on we do have to make sure that we do mention it because we we don't want to leave people without a mystery because there's always something that is in our mind <laughs> so well there's for, always something to solve right yeah <laughs> there's always a mystery to solve yeah you know we sound a lot like scooby-doo and and the mystery machine it's <laughs> <laughs> so basically what what we are uh here on on there but we do miss you jared we can't wait for you to be back on because uh, I know you you come up sometimes with some really interesting mysteries but this was just one that I had to bring up as a mystery as well but the unsolved mystery for today is why did we get Patrick Ware on loan especially so late in the season and also just a player that hadn't really been as much active this year why do we get a player like that in such a critical time and Y'all maybe saw it coming, right? That I was going to bring up Patrick <laughs> once again, but it's just like I said earlier, 
after this match, we just noticed that his level of gameplay was even more lower than it was in those last two games. And he came off the bench. That was just unacceptable. Uh, he was just walking throughout the time that he was on the pitch. And y- you just can't have players just walking, especially if they've been subbed in. Like that, that's a it's a big no. You you should not have that going on. And he did that. Sharon was really mad. Sharon was shouting as well. Uh, I heard you there and, and I was glad. Oh, I yelled at him every single time. He was in the, he was like in a well offsides position. Play had already switched. He should have been back in a defensive thing, but he was like 20 yards towards, you know, his attacking, the goal he would be attacking. And there was no reason. There was no reason for him to be there. He should have been running back to help his teammates. And he just wasn't running at all. It's like, dude, anyhow. So... This is so funny, but I have to say, somebody just posted Crash. Thank you. He just said, seeing Jared in a trench coat acting like Robert Stack would be funny. (laughs) And you know what? Jared's going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) He actually already just responded to the conversation we're having behind the scenes. (laughs) He laughed. You know, that that wouldn't be a bad idea. I I think Jared would be down to where... A coat like that. I could see yep. him do that. Um, yeah. I should probably make that happen. It would be so great. He's coming to the game on the 30th. How funny oh would it gosh. be if we do show up with the coat and tell him like, hey, you want to do like a video Unsolved Mystery? <laughs> Does he have um, to wear a hat? Did Robert Stack have a hat on when he would do that? I feel like I've seen. Let's see. He have, I, I, I would have. Oh, no, actually he didn't have nope. one. No, but a tie. He had a white shirt and a tie. Okay. Hey, Halloween will be the next day. So I'm just saying that might be a good costume for Jared. So, <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what though? Jared's going to have to shave. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, and it's the, the trench coat needs belt. Oh my God. Nobody wears a belt. Jared, Jared, if you're listening to this, start looking for a trench coat with a belt. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. I could see him though. I I, I think Jared yeah. could pull it off very well. Yeah. <laughs> so let's look at the standings and weep a little bit more and whine. W h i n e. Oh yeah. I, I was talking to Crash off air right right before you joined Sharon and yeah yeah it, it's uh, uh I I didn't realize right that Tacoma also still has one more game. It's not just LA Galaxy too. Um so. Here's the situation, as sad as it is, but... We are so... Sorry. Yeah. We do something different. So we got Phoenix in first place. Again, they're, no one's moving them. 56 points. Uh, officially mathematically clinched playoffs, by the way. They shared it on social media, so good for them. Uh, San Diego Loyal, 26 games played, 40 points. They won their last game. They happen to be Oakland Roots, that like closer to the end of the game, so... They, they got their win. They are further on trying to secure second place. Orange County in third place with 25 games played, 37 points. They also got their win against Oakland Roots. That, again, also close to the end of the game. It was just crazy how they got that win. Um, fourth place, Oakland with 30 points, 25 games played. Tacoma, 24 games played, 30 points. LA Galaxy 2 now on top of us, 24 games played, 29 points. Uh, We are now sitting in seventh place. 
29 points as well, but one more game than LA Galaxy 2 in Tacoma with 25 points. And in last place, and truly will be last place for the end of the season, Las Vegas Lights with 17 points and 26 games played. Can you let us know some of the streaks that we have sure. going on? So, of course, Phoenix has five wins in a row, so the last five games. San Diego has three wins, a draw, and a loss. And the last game, of course, was a win. Um, Orange County has two wins, two draws, and a loss. Their last match, of course, a win. Oakland, two losses, two wins, and a draw. So they're all like 50-50 kind of thing. Their last was a, a – but Tacoma, five losses in a row. And they're still ahead of us. Get that. Los LA too. Los Dos. The last two matches wins. Prior to that, two losses. So they're on a streak. Sacramento. <laughs> uh, two very far spaced out wins and everything else is a loss. We used to have some draws thrown in there. Not now. We have, uh, we have three red squares. And then, of course, Las Vegas has the same as Tacoma. Five losses in a row. So it's just kind of, if you look at the USL website, um, and look at their standings. I love how they put everything in either red, green, or gray. Gray is a draw. It just makes it so easy to read. It's like you can see who's streaky and who's not streaky. Very, very easy to read. And all, all of the other divisions, n- none of them are quite as definitive as as our division as far as like, you know, like leading of the pack. Um, just, you know, looking at, points i mean well I, I will have to say the atlantic the atlantic division they've got um they've got streaks streakier streaks than we do like phoenix yeah so anyhow yeah it, it's oh, an interesting thing what's kind of going on here and uh not the situation one or be in uh, i would have taken the tie yesterday at least now <laughs> uh, but now i think we'll take ties but we're just not even taking them anymore but they're they're stuck in that situation where it's like, okay, yeah, you, you have games against Tacoma, one more against Oakland, one more against Los Dos, against right against the teams that you have above you. And it's just so complicated considering again, Los Dos and Tacoma they still have one more game. So we might just be one point ahead right now, but that could very well change after they both play their games. And so it's a must win against all these teams now. That's what it's become. And now we have this tremendous pressure of you got to beat them or maybe snatch a point. But even then, you're also hoping them, you know, be right there next to you. So it's just going to be a really interesting thing what we're going to expect in the next coming matches because our next two matches are against uh, some of those teams, right, that we just talked about. Like next Saturday, October 2nd, we play against Tacoma. If we, we beat, can them, beat them, we, we can beat them. them. We've we shown can beat we can them. beat them before. Yeah. Right? Now, so. Now's they're, not a time to give up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they're children. We can beat them. <laughs> We've got to use old age and treachery versus, you know, young athletes. Well, um, those, those were children too, though, right? <laughs> I know. They were they were kind of <laughs> too, except for, by the way, Justin Von Steeg has done a stint with the national team under for the U-17s, 18s, and the U-20s. He did a stint with the national team. So, you know, taking a shot to the head with a goalpost, <laughs> uh, it, he, he is a tough keeper. I do remember him in training because he came through our squad for a little while. He, he hung out with us before he went on, you know, and did other things. 
And he was just a kid. I mean, he was just a baby at the time that he he came through uh, Sac Republic years ago. It was either 2016 or 2015. It was back then. Um, and he was good then. But, you know, I don't think he was well liked because he was kind of a, he was young and he was a little irresponsible and he didn't know, you know, how to take care of the locker room. But he is a good keeper. And I, I see him having a good career, you know, moving forward. He's a big guy um, oh, yeah. and he hits a goalpost really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we we witnessed that firsthand. Yeah. Can say that, but you Crash. know that that goes to show that right. That goes to to show everyone that this guy's motivated, right? Kind of going back to what we were saying before to move up to the next level because he's gone through some of the youth national teams and he knows mm-hmm. it's just a step away from being called up to LA Galaxy to sub a match or you know just actually even be first team. And you know he he's got that mentality, and that's why the guy crashes onto the post and he's like i'm good i'm good even though you could tell in his head that he wasn't good but he was like yeah. i'm good right he's 24 yeah. years old oh okay. yeah he's 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 still his game you yeah. as a goalie you can play tier 39 casey keller yeah. you know heck 43 uh oscar paris who was recruited yeah yeah that was there you go. so <laughs> he's just a kid as far as goalkeeping goes crash i really wanted you to come out with something when i kept saying the word streaky um, with your Windex <laughs> joke, I, you know, I was hoping to hear something about a bad dad joke about we need the we need the good kind of streaks, not yeah. the bad streaks. So we need, you know, whatever. But say it, 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 you're good. You're, uh, say it. I, I could piece it together. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, something about uh, you know, Windex helps get rid of some of those bad streaks that you have. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We that, need, yeah, that's, we a need good. To, that's a good one. <laughs> we need okay. to bring some Windex bottles to the next game. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Let's get rid of the bad on the street. Field. Oh my God. Oh, Especially that, if we're that. sitting behind the goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Yeah, <laughs> on Wednesday, October 6th, we play against Oakland. We're actually going to be playing at Laney College this time. No more Livermore, unfortunately. So we're going down there. I hope that. We can get a good result because we've tied against them three times. And it, it's always been like eh, we could have lost. Uh, I feel like if we go back and look at those three games, like it's hasn't been too clear that we could have won those games. So hopefully we change that around for this game. And then we go to Southern California to San Diego to play against them uh, Saturday, October 9th. Then again, as we were saying, another midweek game against Los Dos. Now that game is going to be more important than ever before because they have one more game in hand. And if we beat them in this match, then we'll actually be more even, right? We'll, we'll make up for that lost game yesterday. So they got to give it their all in that second match. Then we come back home on the 17th on a Sunday again to play against Tacoma at 2 p.m. And then following weekend, we go to Jared's homeland phoenix rising and hope that we pull a good result over there because it's going to be the last stretch of the season and then what could potentially be the last game we see of the republic in 2021 at home a day before halloween and as jared says hopefully we see uh, treats and not tricks because it is a day before halloween and we don't know what the situation will be for that last game but we play against san diego and so that's that's where we're at. Final stretch, uh, just seven games remaining, all in the month of October. So 
lots going on next month. Busy month. A good month. It's my birthday, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and crashes too. Yeah. Yeah. Libra season. We're in the heat of Libra season at this point, you know? So it's it's actually our motto and crash. I don't know if you, if you ever heard me say this. When I used to work with the Republic, there was a handful of us Libras in there. And we got together one day and we're like, what's our motto? And we're, you know, we're, we're just who we are. And it's like, oh, here it is. Fun, comma, pretty, fun. And that's it. <laughs> that's the motto for Libras. Fun, pretty, fun. I'll take okay. it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And we're hoping for the best, right? I really hope that we don't see any rain in these matches, right? We're not oh. used to we're not used to playing in October too much, right? Because I know past years usually and end of regular season is like I think what what the first or second week of October, and then you move on to playoffs. So it's a little different this year. And and just please, I hope the weather actually <laughs> allows us to watch a good match because we're not at a time where we need the rain to now become a another factor to our bad luck. <laughs> hey, so somebody's saying behind the scenes that he might go to Phoenix. So if somebody does happen to go to Phoenix for um, the match, somebody needs to definitely team up with Jared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, for that, that. Industry, you know. <laughs> Oh, that that would be great. Yeah, go go take another coat as well, and we'll have two <laughs> two unsolved mysteries in one show. So, Jared, by the way, has a he knows exactly where. What is the Alka Seltzer he takes? What's that thing oh, called? The gum, the Alka Seltzer gum. Yeah, Alka Seltzer gum. Oh, poor Jared. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> For the way that the Republic has played, I think he's had to buy out of all the stock of Alka Seltzer gum oh, wherever he goes. Cr- Crash has got the Tums kind. There you go. He's showing it. What? It's is that the gum style for Tums? Yeah, or? it's the chewy bites Tums. You know, for the heartburn for when the team's playing poorly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, ah. uh, yeah. Well, yeah. If Alka Seltzer gum is sold out, you got another option. Before we close it out, um, just wanted to remind you all: since we do have a Saturday game upcoming, we are going to be doing our town hall this Friday. Uh, Sharon, I don't know if you could join us for that one and Crash as well. Um, but we are going to do it at 8 p.m. Uh, as we usually do it on on that day. And so if you want to check it out, go to our social media and you'll be able to get more confirmation on that. And if we change time, because that might vary as well, because I think now that I'm thinking about it now, as I say it, Jared is going to be traveling. And I think he might be out on that day. So I'll have to check with him and see if he's still able to join or not. And if he's not, we might start earlier than that. So. Just go go to our social media and we'll report on what time that'll be at. And if you're a fan and wants to join in, it's always open to any fan who wants to talk about our team. Um, uh, just send us a message or check it out on social media and we'll share the StreamYard link. And that is uh, the link to our virtual studio where you're able to uh, join in on our conversations on the match. And if you want to check out our socials, Visit Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, look for at State Republic 12, and you'll be able to find it there. Give us a like, find out when we post new shows, when we do more live shows, when we do interviews. Uh, Some of those might be live in the future. We're working out some details with uh, some former Republic players to do some live ones as well, and uh, maybe even Republic Jeopardy sometime before the year ends. Uh, 
we're going to hopefully try and uh, get one there, especially if we don't qualify to the playoffs, right, Sharon? I think that, that people are going to need something to cheer them up in November, and I think uh, a Jeopardy would be a nice little cheer up. Sorry, we couldn't make it to the playoffs, but let's look ahead to the future. <laughs> Oh, we could have like a negative Jeopardy, you know, with the categories being, you know, like horrible. So we could get over our, you know, sadness if we don't make it to playoffs. But if we do make it to playoffs, then maybe the categories will be positive Jeopardy. Oh, you're saying like this season edition, right? Things that happened this season. Yeah. Not so great things. Uh, good things. Uh, yeah. We, we could look into that. That would be easier for us to actually create questions for um, if it's just all this season. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of highlights, right? Uh, <laughs> all, right. all right, guys. It was a pleasure being on the pod with you both today. L- likewise, yes. Sharon. And, and I got to say it again. Thank you so much for allowing us that experience to be at the BIP section. And you know, even though we couldn't see a win, uh, I mean, I had a blast just being there and how attentive they were. The food was really great. Uh, I mean, oh, it was just a blast just everyone Those cookies were ginormous those yeah. cookies were huge the dessert cookies and i must say that usually i'm a mashed potatoes kind of guy the, yeah of, of the food the on my plate i like the couscous the most <laughs> there you go yeah the so. grain having grain in there was good and you know having jane and scott and margo <laughs> and and everybody in vip you know that that may help make the game a little bit more special, even though we didn't win. It was special hanging out with all my friends. So thank you guys for being there and thank everybody for being so sweet in the parking lot because the Tower Bridge Battalion had a great pregame brunch. And I'm looking forward to the next two o'clock start because um, that pregame brunch is going to be awesome again. I know. And I'm going to have to bring something. That's just it. So appreciate everybody. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Thank you to Jane for bringing those uh, funny little pop-up messages. If you guys go look at the pictures that we took, mm-hmm. uh, Jane brought all those too. I mean, they had me just cracking up with <laughs> all the different things that they said. And she also gave Sharon a, a little walking stick that made the noises that <laughs> caught everyone's attention as you were walking. And <laughs> oh, talk about gag gifts. I mean, that that hands down, that was a... That was quite an interesting gag gift. I've, I've never seen one like that before. <laughs> yeah, when you celebrate a medic, I told her when she gets, she's a long ways away from being 60, but it's like, she better watch out because I'm saving all this stuff for her, <laughs> right? Because she's going to be the first one to hit a, a big year. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's that's good. You got to gotta recycle, right? I know you're, right. you're big in recycling. So yeah, there you go. Good, good, good idea. <laughs> there you go. Uh, cool. Well, Sharon Crash, thank you for join us here tonight uh, i know it's never easy doing a podcast after a loss but here we are you know we we like to still do podcasts even though we lose because we just want to show everyone that doesn't matter what the result is you should always be positive about your team and you always got to talk about what didn't go right what what did go right and you know always always look ahead and, and not let a loss uh, change your fandom so this is why we do this and you know, we'll keep doing it no matter how many times we lose. <laughs> so have a great night, everyone. And we will see you next week here on state of the Republic podcast. Bleep. Bleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, editor. <laughs>
<laughs> it's it's all good. I'm gonna enjoy this so much. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. are you? Do you have the ability to bleep things out of the podcast? Can you do a bleep over somebody's cuss word? Yeah. Oh yeah, I could do that. That's actually really fun. You want to know I, what the team did? Uh, what, what do you call them again? Some of the uh, the streaks. Yeah. The win lo- win loss streaks. Okay. So. <laughs> so, so that's gonna be three beep beep beeps in a row. Okay, good. We're, we're all agreed. So I think without any further ado, you know. Yeah. Oh my God, Luis, you have to insert chirpy birds. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll insert that. <laughs> It'll sound funny, right? Like little cartoon, uh, like Looney Tunes kind of style. But yeah, it. Oh. I'm not. I'm not hearing you. Oh, uh, last thing I heard was uh, closing down the, and then, and then we just saw you like move move your mouth. But okay, how about now? Yeah, you're good now. Okay. If we go to England and we look at players in the championship, a lot of those players have Premier League level already, right? I mean, heck, they're playing a couple of. Oh, hey, your cat made an appearance. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it happened. I think uh, she agrees with you, Luis. Every time you say something that she needs to agree upon, she she speaks up. See, yes, yeah, see, even your cat, your cat is professional league material right there. <laughs> um, Recording has stopped. 